you have your Bible tonight, get ready. Amen. I believe God's got a word for you tonight. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 is where we'll be reading. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through to 12. And I want to preach tonight a message about friendships tonight. I want to preach about having uh, real friendship. Because uh, you know what? God created us as relational beings. You know, when God created uh, the heavens and the earth and he created man and he saw man and what did he say? He says, man, it's not good for man to be what? Alone. Alone. That's right. And so God was like, you know what, man? He needs someone. And so God created a woman, uh, his wife, and says, man, you know what? They need to be together. There's this marriage bond, but also talking about friendships, that we need friendships, that we need the church. And that's why God created us, us as relational beings. And he created the church so that we could be a family, that this place could be a, a place where relationships can be made for godly purposes. And, you know, David writes in Psalms chapter 68, and he says, God sets the solitary in families. God brings in the lonely. I mean, God brings in those who are neglected by maybe their parents, those who are neglected by friends, and he brings them into families. And this is what church is, that you know what, no matter who you are, that no matter what background you come from, listen, you can find your home in here tonight because this is where God's house is. This is his house. This is the Father's house. And the psalmist writes and says, man, how blessed it is when brethren dwell in unity. That there's this bond, that there's this friendship here in the church. That this is what brings unity and brings a smile to God's dial. This is like, man, what makes God happy? And in our text, we find the truths about real friendships. Listen to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 9 through to 12. And it says this, two are better than one. Say that with me. Say two are better than one. And it says this because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, listen to this, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. And how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. God, I pray tonight that I pray, Father God, that your word would be sent forth and find room into our hearts. God, that we can have a clear understanding of friendship. Lord God, that friendships can be made in this house. Lord God, for your glory, for your purpose, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. And so tonight I want to preach a message entitled, You Got a Friend in Me. How many seen that movie? You know what, a Toy Story? You've got a friend in me. <laughs> You've got a friend. My, my brother can sing better than me. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you know what? We can come to church, and how many know we can find a friend in Jesus Christ? How many know we can come to church and be like, man, I got nobody. I got no Man, I tell you what, the best thing is that you can come into a relationship and know Jesus Christ and have a personal relationship with Jesus. And our text says this. So if you're taking note, number one, let's talk about better than one because here it is. Solomon, the wisest man, says... Two are better than one. Here it is, Solomon's writing and he's bringing this esteem to it. He's holding it high in regard, saying, man, friendship is important. Two is better than one. And, and I'm thinking, man, I'm writing this message and I'm thinking, man, no one needs to know about friendships. Everyone knows about friendships, man. You, you got to have trust. You got to have, you know, faith in each other. But I'm reading this. I'm thinking, you know what? No, wait a minute. No, no, no. We're, we're human nature. Come on, we're, we're sinners, we're fallen creatures, man. We, we need to hear about friendships. 
from his word because as often and enough, we miss the obvious. We can get derailed from what is really important in life and we can miss friendship altogether. And Solomon says, man, the real blessing is in friendship. And you might meet people and they might think of themselves as independent uh, individualists who need no one. You know, they just say, oh, man, that's just who I am. No, you're not. You're just selfish. Uh, you know, you might see people that they might be like, oh, I'm just so, I'm sorry, I just got a few opinions. No, man, you're just arrogant. You know what, that's, listen, if you want to have friends, you got to be friendly. Isn't it right? You got to be friendly. You know what, there's people out there that care nothing, you know, about, about themselves. They just care about themselves, me, myself, and I. And I'm telling you, you know what, this life, this kind of lifestyle, it will just lead to a selfish this will lead to a shallow, uh, devastating, disadvantaged life. And ultimately, it'll leave you defenseless. It'll leave you depressed. It'll leave you lonely. Akon released a track, Mr. Lonely. Yeah, we all know that. It was a hit song because he knows everybody's lonely. Yeah, man, you might have it all together. You might go to the club with your boys. But man, deep inside, brother, you lonely. Sister, you, no wonder you go from relationships to relationships because you're lonely. And God sees right through us and says, no, no, no. I didn't create you to be Nigel. No friends. <laughs> I didn't create you to be alone and, and uh, by yourself watching Netflix and chill on your own. And so, no, no, no. I got you created for relationships, man. Come to church and find some real friends. <laughs> Come on now. And so Solomon is talking about this. He's saying, man, two are better than one. Two are better than one. There's this advantage. Uh, you know what Solomon's saying? Man, there's this benefit when you have these awesome friends. And he gives us this insight, right, into what real, you know, friendship really is. And the first advantage has to do with picking someone up who has fallen. This is the first advantage. It has to do with picking someone up who has been fallen. I mean, you think about the word fallen for a second. All throughout the Bible, it talks about how are the mighty fallen. Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. The Bible talks about the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. And people will fall when they fail. A person will fall when they lose their footing. Have you ever been walking out on the street and all of a sudden you slip and fall? We can lose our footing. We can lose our step. A person falls when they make the wrong choice. A person falls when they give in to temptation. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I mean, there's no one here today who is perfect. There's no one here in this room that says, man, I got it all together. I'm a good person. No, no, no. We've all fallen short of God's standards. And falling is not uncommon. I mean, you think about a child for a minute. You know, the little baby. And all of a sudden, you know, they start crawling and then they start, get, you know, they start crawling and they start walking. And I, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking, I see my own children, I see them get up and they start walking. You know how funny it is. They like, come on now, come on now. They, come on, you can do it. You can. And they, they fall, they, they get up, they fall, they crawl and they get up and they fall. And that's the same thing in our spiritual walk. That when we become new, new creatures, new creations, you know what? It's, we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves. Be like, oh man, I can't do it. Oh, man, I can't do it. This Christian thing is like, no man, you're just a baby Christian. Take it easy, man. Relax. We'll make mistakes. You don't have to get it all together, man. Listen, you're still crawling, little baby. Come here, smack your bum. No. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. We, we can be so hard on ourselves. As new believers, 
Man, we don't pray. We don't read. Listen, get, just get in church. Get around some people. Get some friends that can help encourage you. Come to know Jesus Christ and have a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm telling you, that's all that matters. And so in our spiritual walk, it's so easy to fall early on. And, but as we grow in Christ, as we begin to spend more time with Jesus, we find ourselves getting stronger. Come on, somebody. We find ourselves uh, getting some stability in our lives because we now are feeding ourselves in the Word of God. We're moving from the spiritual milk. We're moving from that to now the solid food. And we're growing. And as we grow, our feet get stronger. Come on now. We start walking now. <laughs> We get stronger in God, and that's the same thing with, with our walk with God. And when a child falls, you know what, they, they fall, they pick themselves up, they recover easy, but it's so hard for an elderly person. When they fall, man, they, they break hips, they, they break backs, you know, and it's so same thing when you become mature. As an older saint and an older Christian, you know what, when you fall, the recovery is much more harder. Can you say Amen. And I'm telling you tonight, that's why the Bible says, woe to him who is alone. Here it is tonight, woe to him who is alone when he falls. When there's no one else to pick him up, when there's no one else to help encouraging, woe woe to him who is alone. And that's why it's so important, I'm telling you tonight, I want to encourage every single one of you uh, to cultivate some strong Christian friendships early on that, you know what, you'll be able to care enough for someone else. That you move from your own self and go, you know what, I want to help someone. I want to help you grow. I want to help you walk with, with God. Because you know what, in our own mis- mistakes, we can be hard on ourselves. We can be hard on people. But let's be gracious to people when they make mistakes. Because guess what, you'll need it too. When you fall, you want people to be gracious to you and help pick you up when you fall. How many times have I fallen in my Christian faith? I thought, you know what, oh cool, two months I'm in the Christian gig now, I got it down pat. But man, I failed big time. And I felt like, oh no, my Christian brothers, they're going to see me differently. But man, I'm telling you, they begin to lift me up and say, no nah, bro, just keep coming, man. Just come along. Just, yeah, bro, let me pray with you. Just, I remember in my new early days, I wake up in the morning and I come to the building to pray and I'll see some of the brothers praying, laying a hold of God. I wanted to be strong like that. And that's what happens when you come to church and you be around Christian folk. It begins to help you and begin to pick you up as well. And this is what the Bible talks about. Galatians 6 verse 1. Listen to this. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. The key word right there, spirit of gentleness. To help someone up, man, in a spirit of gentleness. Uh, man, if you hurt your arm or if you've had something done and, and you had to get surgery, how many know it, it needed, someone had to take their time and, and put some cream on top and somebody had to, you know what, carefully, you know, maybe stitch it up again. They didn't just come there, give me that needle, you know, get in your arm, there's, ah, ah, oh, no, no, that. They, they're careful, they take their time. And so this is what it's talking about. Restore someone in a spirit of gentleness. The way you speak, the way you handle business, the way you treat people in a spirit of gentleness. I'm telling you, this world has no clue when it comes to gentleness. I'm telling you, this is a spirit, one of the fruits of the spirit. 
the spirit of gentleness. When a brother or sister is struggling in the faith, don't just stand by and hope they'll make it. No, no, come beside them in a spirit of gentleness. Reach out and pick them up. When someone's struggling and they're sinning, listen, don't just write them off. Go beside them in a spirit of gentleness and pick them up. Encourage them in the Lord. Encourage them with God. And I'm telling you what, God will begin to help heal them. God will begin to heal them in the long run. I want to talk about uh, comfort tonight. Secondly, comfort. Because the second thing that a friend does is he comforts. In our text, it says to lie down to keep warm. Two, that lie down to keep warm. You know, Solomon brings to our attention right here in our text, and it's talking about this warmth. We speak of someone who maybe encourages us. You've had someone that spoke to you, or you've had someone who made your day. We could uh, easily describe that person as one who is a warm person. How many know, man, life can be cold, icy cold, and I'm telling you, you know what? Life can be so hard on people. People can be so uncaring and cold-hearted. And so this is the imagery right here in the text. It's not a call to climb into each other's sleeping bags together. Keep me warm, brother. Keep me warm. No, 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 no. That's, this is an analogy, all right? <laughs> this is just an analogy tonight. It's drawing right here. It's drawing on someone else's warmth. To raise your own body temperature. It's, it's saying, man, I like your attitude, man. How, how, do you, how do you get through life? How do you get through situations? Brother, you listen, I'm telling you, this is how it is. When you come to church and you find a sister, maybe they're a godly Christian for a couple of years, get alongside them. Maybe there's a brother in church that you can find and draw strength from as well. Solomon says that you can draw strength from that. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Verses 3 to 4, he says this, Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort that which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know, Paul is saying in essence, what a friend we have in Jesus. Paul is saying, you know what, there is no other God than Him that is the God of all comfort. That you know what, we can go into the world and try and find comfort in drugs and alcohol. It might even be in money, but I'm telling you, you won't find comfort in any of that. You'll find comfort in the God of all comfort, the Father of mercies, only in Jesus Christ. What a friend we have in Jesus. I'm telling you, when your friends neglect you and you feel alone, what a friend we have in Jesus. I'm telling you, when you're out there late at night and you can't put your head down to sleep at night, remember, what a friend we have in Jesus. I'm telling you tonight, the way the world is so cold, where the world can be so icy and you know what, people have foul attitudes, what a friend we have in Jesus. The God who is able to comfort your fears, the God who is able to come inside and say, you know what, hey, I desire to have a relationship with you who can strengthen you. I'm telling you, we serve a God of comfort. Can you say amen? I'm so grateful that we do have a God of comfort. I'm so grateful because we live in a world that is totally chaotic. We live in a world that's just go, 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 man. I'm telling you, but thank God that we can find 
a place of refuge and begin to pray and seek God and say, you know what, what a friend we have in you, Jesus. You're the God of comfort. You comfort us when we're so tired. You comfort us when we're so crazy and we've got things going around in our minds. He comforts us. And so many times we're so on the go. Maybe even as Christians trying to encourage someone, trying to, no, no, no. We need to find comfort in God first. We need to find our strength from Him alone so that He can comfort us so that we can now comfort others. Because this is what Paul says. The God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble. I mean, this is, this is the Bible here. You know, we can, you know what, we can go through life trying to help people, but yet, man, we're so uh, hung strung and it's like, man, completely crazy. But when we come to this understanding, God, you're the God of all comfort. I don't want anything else. I just want to come to you because you're the God who comforts. I'm telling you, it's from that moment on that we find this revelation of his grace. I'm telling you, you receive it and you receive that grace. I'm telling you, you're able to now move and function in the spirit. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, it says, you know what? Let us come boldly before the throne of grace. Let us come boldly before the throne of grace. Let us come. Come where? To the throne of grace. This ain't the game of thrones. This is the throne of grace I'm talking about. And I'm telling you, when we come, it says, where should we go? To the throne of grace. How? Boldly. It's talking about your attitude. It's talking about how you come before the king. It's saying, you know what? No, no. What happened when Jesus Christ died on the cross? The veil has been torn. And that was speaking because in the Old Testament, there were all these priests that once a year, that they go into the Holy of Holies. And they go into this uh, Holy of Holies and just only him, the priest, can go in. But when Jesus died on the cross, he said it is finished. The veil was torn, giving us the picture that, you know what, you can now come boldly before the throne of grace. That you can find comfort in him. That you can come and listen to what it says, that you may obtain mercy. Receive mercy and find grace. I mean, I was doing a Bible study just the other day and I'm thinking, whoa, obtain mercy. I mean, we don't deserve this mercy. We obtain this mercy at the throne of grace, and then we realize, then we find grace. The word find, think about that. It's an, uh, this, is, this is a realization. This is a revelation of grace. I'm telling you, it's like, whoa, I've, I've, I've obtained mercy, and now I've got this revelation of what Christ did, of grace. My goodness, I'm blown away that this God of comfort would have grace on a sinner like me, and now I'm able to now give comfort and give grace to someone else. Because what he's done on the cross, that our relationship with Jesus, man, that we find and we receive, obtain mercy and find and have a revelation of his grace. It'll blow your theology away because it's like, man, God, this is about a relationship with him. And so we can come boldly before the throne. And it says this, uh, we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That you can find help in your time of need. And you can find help and you can also give help to those in time of need. I mean, it's so simple, but yet our relationship with Jesus needs to be our priority. Our first friendship needs to be with Jesus before we have friendship with others. Because it's through Jesus Christ. It's what helps us in our friendship with others. It's only through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Amen. Thirdly, I want to talk about not easily broken and I'll close. Not easily broken. It's talking about, you know what? We got a devil that is trying to attack people. I don't know about you, but man, I've been attacked this week. How about you? But man, it's been crazy this week. 
And I'm telling you, we need friends where we can call on and say, bro, pray for me. You know what? Because you're not here to live it alone and fight alone. I'm telling you, you need people uh, to help you fight against the enemy. And there is a third arena of friendship tonight, and that is standing against the enemy. It says two can withstand him. Two can withstand him. You know what, man? I'm telling you, church, we're here together to stand shoulder to shoulder with each other. We're here to stand together and have each other's backs. This is what friends should do. This is what friends should do because I'm telling you, the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to divide friendships. He wants to divide marriages. He wants to divide your relationship with Christ. But I'm telling you, when you get alongside with a brother, man, when you get alongside with a sister, man, I'm telling you, when you gather together, two is better than one. Two can withstand him because you got each other's backs, I'm telling you. When one gets weak, the other strengthens him. When one takes a hit, the other's out there ready to take their back. Come on now, I'm telling you, when you got some good friends, they're able to come by your side. C.S. Lewis says, true friends don't spend time gazing into each other's eyes. (laughs) They may show great tenderness towards each other, but they face in the same direction towards common projects, interests, goals, above all, toward a common Lord. In our text, it talks about a threefold cord is not easily broken. Friendships that is woven together through Christ. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life for his friends. That you as a believer have a relationship with God. That you as a believer have a... And these friendships come together and it's like interwoven with one another. And it strengthens, through Christ, strengthens the friendship. Through Christ, strengthens your relationships. I am. I'm going to tell you what, you know what? Uh, I've got some close friends of mine who are now pastors now, but uh, really behind the pulpit, man. We're just simple folk. And I'll tell you, uh, all, all throughout this, my life as a Christian, where I am today is because of Christ. But where I am today is because of godly friendships. I'll say that again. I am who I am because of Christ. But I am where I am because of godly friendships. And I want to say tonight, you know what? There's a quote that says, you show me your friends, I'll show you your destiny. Show me who your five closest friends are, who you text every single day. I show you your destiny. I'm telling you, man, life is not perfect. You won't get it all in order. But if you get some good godly friends, I'm telling you, your future in God is bright. Compared to in the world, I'm telling you, we're just going round and round in circles. The same life, the same lifestyle, the same addictions, the same habits, the same thing over and over again. But man, I'll tell you, you come to church, get, get to know Jesus. Get some friends, godly friends who would be able to now come together where you can withstand the enemy together. Instead of being a group of isolated people, lonely Christian folk getting attacked all alone, listen, you need to find some Christian homies. (laughs) Find some brothers and sisters, man, who are sick of the world, sick of the lies, sick of all the drama, sick of all (laughs) that, sick of sick. Just come together and just love God, man. Just love Jesus and worship Him. I'm telling you, we could save countless of souls. We could save countless of young youths and bring them on a path of godliness. If we're able to get this right, our friendship begins with Christ before it begins with anything else.
The saints tonight, it's time to put away those lingering offenses and stand shoulder to shoulder with each other against the enemy. A threefold cord is lives that are woven together in an inseparable bond of strength. And God will help us. It'll help you and let Christ, as you allow him to weave your lives together so that years to come, that we can, together as a church, begin to withstand the enemy. Because the Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Simple message tonight. Message, you've got a friend in me. Can you say that to someone? Say, you know, hey, bro, you got a friend in me, man. I got your back. Can you say that to someone? Say, you know, sis, you got a friend in me. I got your back. Because I'm telling you, there's lonely people out there that need someone. But can you imagine when people get together as Christians and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to forge some godly friendships here in this place. Can you imagine the impact? Instead of people being divided, instead of people being angry with one another, two are better than one. Two can withstand. Don't be alone. So saying that tonight, as every head bowed, as every eye closed, I want to give an invitation. I want to ask a question tonight. And that question is this. If you were to die tonight, where will you spend eternity? I mean, you think about that for a second. If you were to die tonight, where will you spend eternity? Because the Bible says it's appointed for man to die once and then comes judgment. You will stand before God alone. And Jesus says these words. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He says that to those who have a friendship, those who have a relationship with Christ, who die and they go to heaven and they face Christ. But then he says these words. Jesus says these words to another set of people. And it says, many will call to me and say, Lord, Lord. But I say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, you know what, I go to church. Oh yeah, I sing some worship songs. Listen, would Christ say to you, well done, or will he say, depart from me? And so I want to give an invitation. You're here tonight, you're not saved. You know you wouldn't make heaven your home. I want you to do one simple thing and you raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. I'm not saved. I know if I was to die, I wouldn't make heaven my home, but tonight I want to give my life to Christ. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. And I'll count it a privilege to pray for you. I'll see that and I'll say, yeah, I'll pray for you. If that's you tonight, you, you are away from God. Maybe you're backslidden. You had a relationship with Jesus, but you're away from God and you want to give your life to Christ. Why don't you raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. Lift your hand tonight. This is just between you and God. Amen. I see that hand at the back. God bless you. Anyone else you want to join this honest heart and say, yes, I'm away from the Lord. I'm, my heart's not right. The good news, friend, is God so loved the world that he gave his son to die on the cross, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life you want forgiveness raise your hand with this honest heart and say yep that's me brother amen i see that hand at the back anyone else you join these honest hearts you raise your hands you be honest before god this is just between you and him tonight this is not to join a church this is not to join a club this is about coming to have a relationship with jesus christ if that's you you raise your hand and say yes 
Brother, that's me, man. I'm away from God. I see that hand at the back as well. God bless. Anyone else? You be honest and say, yes, brother, I'm away. Amen. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Say, you know what? I'm away from God. I know I'm in sin. I'm living in sin, but I want to come back to God. Raise your hand with these honest hearts and say, yes, that's me. I feel God waiting on some people.